Oh dear, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lay it on me. What's 35 plus 1? 35 plus 1 is 36, I can do that. Did you work out that I couldn't think of any clever thing to say about the number 36? <laughs> to be fair, you've got a good record of 35 episodes of just coming up with something random for the yeah. start of it. So cut me some slack. And we and the thing is, 37 is an obvious one. So yeah. I mean, we've got that we need, we need to get past. Yes, so. it's like pinball. You have to pull the thing back before you let it go. Exactly. So this is us pulling it back. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, my name is Pete. My name is Josh. And together we are... Josh and with Pete. And it's a very special episode this week. Yes, because it's not just Josh that's in with Pete. Oh, or uh, indeed the producer who is here as always. Exactly. But we have our second ever guest. Yes. Who is the, shall I say, eminent? Yeah, I think you should, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have with us uh, the eminent friend of the show and uh, noted... Uh, yes. You could be noted, can't you? You could be noted, published, I think it's probably. Noted and published. Yeah, 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 yeah. Film critic, yes. Mike McHale, everybody. Good evening. Hello. Hello, Mike. Thank so, you for having me. Oh, thank it's you. It's been for, an honour. Thank you for all the Irish chocolates you sent us. I, I, I like to contribute wherever I can. Yeah, and, and the lovely mailbag, all the feedback, and it's just great to have you here. Really. Okay. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's it's absolute pleasure. I think that's one of the reasons I've been bombarding you with emails. It's a desperate attempt to get on this show <laughs> sooner or later. We can do that. We, we here can, we are. We can do South Aggrandizement. We do it every week, don't we? Yeah. Here. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. You've got anything to plug? That's uh, This is the place to do it. Right. Yeah. I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up to Christmas. I should have a book or a film out yeah, or something. Yeah, it's yeah, nice. yeah. A CD, you know, Christmas carols. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, maybe some type, of, uh, some type of board game, like a Christmas Day style Ooh, Trivial Pursuit would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Maybe next Christmas. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it. So, so where would people know you from normally, Mike? Uh, so I have written for The Guardian, for The Telegraph, um, and for The Reader's Digest, where I do TV um, criticism for them. I'm also doing a lot of TV criticism for Variety. In my oh, Variety. So, that, yeah, those are my places where they keep me busy. Yeah, that's right. amazing. Because I genuinely thought that Reader's Digest was no longer going, but it's still, still going. I know, and people yeah. are always amazed. And, you know, people will always need things to read in dentist waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> so do you try and slip in um, dental related words knowing that people are going to read them? Of course. Of course. You know, <laughs> if people are in severe oral pain, yeah. I like to compound their misery <laughs> wherever possible. Uh, so, so we decided to make this one a particularly cinematic or filmic episode. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, makes because sense. we have an expert in our midst. Exactly. Yeah. And now at least you can uh, kind of you can actually speak to some kind of audience rather than with those. What is it? The, the, I've never heard of it. The Guardian. Yeah, no one. Uh, no, one. <laughs> no, no. Tin pot local journalism. Yeah. Exactly. It's good to have you on the show. <laughs> Our tin pot local podcast. <laughs> So what we decided to do, because I'm sure everybody does, oh, top 10 movies of all time, yes. everyone's favourite yeah. movies of all time, but Mike, I believe you brought something amazing to show us. Yeah, I. so this weekend is going to be a very big weekend, because it's Sight and Sound, the eminent film magazine, Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. so eminent that I've never written a single word for them in my entire career. <laughs> um, they are publishing their. I think it, every ten years they do a list of the greatest films of all time, and they've done this ever since uh, 1952. I think was the first wow. list. Oh god! And they invite critics from all across the world to vote in this poll. And ten years ago, there was a big sort of um, revolution in that uh, Citizen Kane, which had been number one for the the last two, three or four lists, oh, okay, uh, had been overtaken by uh, Vertigo, the Hitchcock film. Oh, really? Right, okay. James Stewart. Yeah. So, so there's there's a lot of discussion in this. They've expanded the the range of critics who are going to be voting. 
Uh, and that launch, I think, uh, December the first. So when when this podcast goes out, people yes. will know what the gr- the new greatest film of all time is going to be. Holy moly! Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, I know we're not here to talk about greatest or favourites, but no. do you have any suspicion yourself? Well, I th- my suspicion is that it will be two thousand and one and Space Odyssey, which okay. is one of those uh, the, those big classic films that almost everybody's seen, everybody knows, and everyone is still blown away. At, especially if you go and sit in a in a in a cinema and yes. see it on the big screen. It is still yeah. mind-blowing, you know, 50-odd years on. And the greatest match cut of all time. Indeed. Yeah, so much to love about it. But yeah. we're, we're not here to talk about the no, greatest no, films no, of no, all time, no, of course, no, because no. with typical perversity, I bring to you <laughs> the IMDB, the Internet, uh, Internet Movie Database, which mm-hmm. is a, a wonderful resource which contains pretty much every film that's ever been made, mm-hmm. uh, has a list not just of the top 250 films as voted for by its users, um, but it also has a list of the lowest rated movies. So the, in, in theory, we're looking at the worst movies of all time as voted for by users of the IMDb. And I've become obsessed with this list. <laughs> nice. Um, the, the, in part because, you know, bad movies are an obsession in themselves yeah. but they, they they do it's a very interesting list and we shall we shall discuss it in due course i'm sure so i have questions about the list just before we dig into it yeah um so is this not going because i've been on uh imdb mm-hmm. and there's there's almost too much information yeah right um so is the bottom to, I, I i'm imagining that this is going to be a, a if they did a total list it'd be like twenty five thousand films oh. aren't the bottom 250 going to be like American Hallmark uh, movies and stuff like that that are all just they rule out TV movies they rule out short films so they've got to be they've got to be you know feature length movies that have been released theatrically or how or you know been cinema adjacent so I think TV movies are ruled out short movies are around these are full length films that have had some kind of release and also had enough people seeing them that they've collected enough votes or few enough votes to make this particular list. Naturally. Okay, that yeah, that does make sense. That does make sense. So we're not just going to be <laughs> just talking about yeah. random uh, random movies that nobody's like The Blues Clues TV movie or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Aladdin 6. And yeah, stuff like that's that. sort of thing. Why do I think that you've seen both of those? <laughs> <laughs> You're the one person on the planet. Aladdin 6 is on my list. I haven't got around to it yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm still recovering from number 5. It's a <laughs> bit of a shock. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> The Blues Clues movie. I was fooled. I couldn't pick what was going on. You know. Oh really? It was like a Chris Nolan <laughs> list at the end. So, so how many are on this list that you brought with us today? So I bought the I bought the, the bottom one hundred. So literally, <laughs> whatever the opposite of the creme, la creme de la creme is, la yeah. meur de la meur, the spam of the spam. Exactly. This one thousand and one movies to avoid until you die. Indeed. <laughs> this is this is very much that because you'll yeah. see them in hell. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit grim. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so, so are we going to go for the 100 or are we going to... Well, I think we, we'd be here all day if we went through the 100. But I can give you some sort of themes and maybe we could we could do like a top 10 or a bottom 10 list. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, we, yeah. Can, we can work through. I have seen... So I've, I, I will say this. I, I've been working as a film critic for only... Uh, well, for, for 20 odd years. I have only seen 27 out of the bottom 100 films, which I'm wow. very happy that that's, that's, that's the number. Yeah. Um, Mark Kermode always said, the great Mark Kermode always says, mm-hmm. you have to see enough bad movies to know when a good one comes along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, these are the, the, looking at this this list of the 100 worst films of all time as voted for by the IMDb's. They are kind of obvious bad movies. There are very few on here that I would make a case for. I will make a case for a couple of the films on Ooh, this list as we right. go along. 
But they are all kind of movies where you think, yeah, that probably deserves to be on there. Okay. Um, okay. And I, the ones that I've seen on here, some of them I was paid to see, so I, I, I'm... <laughs> it does change it when you're paid to see a, movie, yes, a bad yeah. movie. You think, okay, well, yeah, at the very least I've got a paycheck out of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you do have to sit through, if you are getting paid for it, you do have to sit through the entirety of the film. Right. Um, just to see how insufferable or terrible it is. But you, but you don't um, you don't feel as if any of your um, uh, your judgments on these films would be coloured by the fact that you've been paid off by these companies at all. No, I've not been paid off by the <laughs> I've not been paid off by the studios. I'm paid to review them. Oh, okay. But the, the, it does change because you do have to sit through the whole thing, and then you start making decisions like, well, is this a two star bad movie? Is it a one star bad movie? Is oh, it a one yeah. and a half star movie? Oh. You start finding little sort of subtle gradations as to the, the terribleness of these films. Yeah, I suppose because I just have like a threshold of anything below that is just. Bad. And Most then people will another... turn off or walk out. Yeah. I, I think as a critic, you don't get because you you are paid to sit there and watch the whole thing. And you know, it, it, it is often the case where you go and see a movie that is terrible for the first ten minutes, and you just sort of slump and you sit. Go, I've got to sit here for another hour and a half. Yeah. And sometimes it picks up, or sometimes it just achieves a kind of functional <laughs> mediocrity. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. that's fine. That's a two and a half star movie. Okay. But some yeah. films just get worse and worse and worse. And I've been in films where literally the first scene. I've gone, I'm going to have a terrible time with this. Wow. Um, just something about, you know, the, the, the filming isn't right, the, the dialogue is off, yeah. um, I don't particularly care for any of the characters. You can have a very sort of immediate reaction. To it. I, there, was a, there was a film, a professional film critic who used to, um, a quite prominent professional film critic, who used to watch the first five minutes of a movie and then would then go out and write his review. His yeah. his oh, line was his line was always that you can tell if a movie's going to be good or bad for the first five minutes. My line would be you can't tell how good or how bad it's going to be until you sat through the whole thing. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was on a different deadline to the rest of us. Possibly. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that line in Akira where they say, I think this is a trap. Don't go forward then. I want to find out what kind of trap it is. <laughs> yes. And yeah, which yeah, one was yeah. a really good line yeah. of dialogue. So yeah. it's like you want to find out how bad something is and, yeah. and you know, exactly how. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Um, I was just given a brilliant um, suggestion by the producer okay. who held it up on a sign. So forgive me a second. I'm going to go and get something. Oh, okay. Ooh. Right. I will uh, I'll, I'll vamp with the... Uh, Won't yeah. take long. So have you, when you you've uh, been going to see films at the cinema for pleasure which I assume you still do yeah 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 um, have you ever walked out of a film or is so, that against your there, there, there have been occasions creed? where so for when example for example when I was um, the the uh, lead critic on the Sunday Telegraph mm-hmm. you would only get a certain amount of space so it was often the case that you were seeing stuff ahead of that week's release uh, the, of that week that the film was going to come out right and you knew that there were going to be 10 or 15 films, so you would go and see the, the six or seven that looked promising. Right. And if, if one of those six or seven just wasn't up to anything, mm. I, would, I would walk out because, right. you know, I, I'm not going to have to write about it because I would rather write about the good stuff that's out that week. Yeah. Um, I seem to remember a very prominent memory of going to see John Favreau and Vince Vaughn in... There's a movie where they go on holiday and they're, they're, they're like... Warring couples, couples, yes. couples retreat, couples retreat, is couples that retreat it? is yes. the movie, yes, um, yeah, yeah. which I saw at a very early screening, and within about thirty-five minutes, I realised, yeah, this this is not 
yeah, worth yeah. anyone's time. <laughs> like, like, it may not even be worth John Favreau and Vince Vaughn's time, which is the, the lowest bar that film could have got over. Um, and and so yeah, so I did. I walked out and got a, an, an earlier yeah. train back. And I've never actually. That is the closest you get to um, you know the whole wormhole creating an alternative reality for yourself is if you walk out of a film early because you've suddenly got an hour or half an hour that you didn't have. Yeah, you've walked out into a different world. You've changed the course of reality. Yeah. So that that does feel very liberating. But by and large, if I'm paid to review it, if I know I'm going to have to put down words on a page about it, you have to sit there and suffer through the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah. some people could describe it as that as a sliding doors moment but for you it was a couple's retreat moment it was very much a couple's <laughs> retreat moment <laughs> sliding doors I think is a two and a half star bad movie but... I can believe that yeah, yeah. yeah. I've still never sat through it right, so. sliding doors I've yeah. never had the pleasure uh, it's what's her face Gwyneth Paltrow Gwyneth Paltrow okay. it, is, it, it is yeah. the sort of um, mainstream romantic comedy version of Run, Loader, Run. So it's alternative realities. What happens if Gwyneth okay. Paltrow gets on the tube train? What happens if Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't get on the tube train? Oh, well, that's quite high concept for a rom-com. They, there was a lot of that stuff going on around the turn of the millennium. <laughs> I've, yeah. Seen, yeah. I've seen films like that. I'm yeah. sure I've seen films like Oh, God, there's so many romantic comedies since have done that kind they, of alternative timeline. Weird kind of sci-fi. This was one of the first. I can imagine most Channel 5 daytime movies have got multiverses in them now. Cause it's <laughs> trendy. Yeah, 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 you have to. <laughs> yeah, so it's not there's... just Lawyer Home for Christmas, it's Lawyer Home in various versions of her life for Christmas. Yes. Oh, God. There's a, there's a really good scene in, and I think that this is very much a, um, like a cliche film bro uh, rom-com, mm. but um, in 500 Days of Summer, Right. Um, which have you seen that? The um, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Zoe Deschanel. That's not what I thought you were talking about. <laughs> what did you think I was? Did you think I was talking about a thousand days of Sodom? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about that thing. Three hundred. <laughs> Terrible movie. Is that on there? <laughs> I hate three hundred. So um, I've never, again, um, I've, I've sat through half it. I watched one hundred and fifty, and I switched it out. <laughs> <laughs> They just could not get through it. There is a, there's a scene in Five Hundred Days of Summer which I think is quite uh, effective, and I've always remembered yeah. it, um, where they have two scenes happening at once, yeah. and one of them is where he goes to the party and he goes and meets the girl as he said that he would do and stuff, yeah. and then the other is it's exactly the same uh, kind of time, yeah. but he didn't go and he's at home, he's looking at his phone, he's listening to sad music and stuff like that. Um, but it's like that's a good scene, but I think that isolated to that one scene in that movie is fine if you then extrapolate that to a two-hour film which gets nuts yeah right. i can right. imagine yeah uh, absolutely yeah. yeah fair dues well um the producer um gave me yes. a little uh, a little sign with an idea on it which i've now gone and uh, sorted out Ooh. yeah um so you've got a hundred bad got 100 movies films, in yep. front of you there a hundred bad Ooh. films yep. yeah um now presumably there are some that you can't wait to start talking about <laughs> Yes, I mean, the, the, there was, yes, you know, that's great. Let's do it. Um, what we're going to do first, though, is because you have a hundred in front of you. I've got in front of me uh, what uh, Dungeons and Dragons players will oh, know very well wow. the D100. Yes. Okay. Which these are two dice, and when you roll them together, it will give you a number between one oh, and 100. Nice. So let's give these a roll okay, and yeah. see what number we'll get it some comes examples. Up with. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. All right. So what this kind of is going to sound really Exactly. This will sound lovely or awful on the mics. You've introduced yeah. the, the elements of chance. Exactly. Oh, right. Exactly. Let, let's see uh, what Lady Luck has in store for us. <laughs> Whatever I rolled there, that is something in seven. That is 67. 67. Number 67. 67 is the uh, very rubbish uh, American horror movie, Fear.com. 
Oh, 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 from 2000. It was all over the horror channel at one point. And I, do you know why I hate this movie? Okay. I hate this movie because in the first 20 minutes, um, the sort of screaming female heroine is kind of kidnapped right. uh, brutally. And the song on the soundtrack is Zona by Ramstein. <laughs> which is a very hopeful song. It's literally "Here Comes the Sun," "Here Comes the Zona," right. and because, because it, sounds, it sounds heavy and there's a gruff German singing it, yeah. the Americans thought, "Oh, that sounds really frightening." <laughs> and it's <laughs> so, so it's foremost crime against cinema misunderstanding Ramstein. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so I don't like Fear.com for that reason. Okay. I, I think I I had to review it for the Scotsman, really? um, which was one of my first sort of reviewing gigs. It's 2002. Yeah, it would have come out here. I think early 2003 because I think mm. it sort of flopped in the States and it took a while to get to these shores yeah, um, this, is a, this is in the dot com boom well this is yeah. the thing you know as always with horror cinema you know something new happens in the real world and everyone goes oh let's make a horror movie about that like yeah. Host was the zoom version of, of a horror yes. movie yeah. and you know we've, we've had the Unfriended Unfriended, yeah, Unfriended really about like, Facebook and yeah, I like yeah. the John Cho one where his daughter goes missing yes un, uh, the... what's it called Searching Searching Searching, yeah. Yeah. Searching is, is like a good movie stuff. yeah well this is from the, uh, the other end of the quality <laughs> scale okay. uh, in which you know the internet itself is is the villain, oh. um, and I think Stephen Dorff is in there somewhere. This is sort of okay. the tail end of Stephen Dorff's leading man career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and clearly, you know, the misinterpreting Ramstein is a terrible thing. But I, I remember just being singularly bad and dreary and zero fun whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. I also remember there was a weird thing with that where I came out of the press screening and I was sort of buttonholed in the gents' toilets afterwards by a very senior critic who who would who had been doing this job for like fifty years, um, who went on had a huge rant at me about the Luxembourg Film Fund, which was one of the one of the producers on this movie, and the, the fact that the Luxembourg Film Fund fund all kinds of rubbish. Yeah. There's no kind of quality control. Fear.com was the foremost example of that. Okay. So, that, so uh, that, in have... many ways, that was scarier than the film itself. So we have the Luxembourg royal family to thank for... <laughs> Fear.com. For Fear.com. Well, yeah. Famously, we look at our demographics each week, and then we have one listener have in Luxembourg, one listener and we still don't know who that person is. So if you were involved in the funding of Fear.com... Pull your finger out and make some good shots. <laughs> <laughs> but don't stop listening to the podcast, please. <laughs> Not a millionaire, I'm assuming. He didn't sort of make a huge amount of money back from all that money, all the florins he pumped into fear.com. I can well imagine if you're a multi-billionaire and you can, you can have anything at your fingertips, you'd get so bored of everything that you'd end up listening to Josh and Repeat. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's who yeah. that is. That's, that is who this is aimed at. It's the 1%. That's... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is only for the financial elite of Luxembourg. <laughs> Um, so well, that was number 67 that is 67 yeah that yeah is, that is good okay so I, I have got a bit more of a, a taste of what we're, we're Feel, for a flavour uh, so absolutely so it's not going to be movies that are necessarily um, like your Michael Bay Transformers movies and stuff like that things that are just easy to kick yeah I mean <laughs> they, they, they are sort of high profile targets and also I think with the Transformers movies there is clearly an audience for them people who enjoy those, those kind of movies for what they are yeah. Um, yeah. whereas I think you know very few of these on here I can imagine anyone actually sitting through, other than sitting through in the knowledge that they're going to have a bad time, or, or just to sort of pick it apart. Yes, yeah, yeah. Kind of well, we used to put the horror channel on, uh, me and Pete, quite a lot. Yeah, and yeah. we'd watch movies like Fear.com and just 
just tear tear them apart, <laughs> just tear them apart yeah. as best we could. Fun so there fun. is some there is some fun to that, but um, yeah, as just a as a horror aficionado as you are, Pete, I can't imagine fear.com. <sighs> Everything about it, including the title, like you say, it's there was, bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's you'd have something got some. Uh, there used to be rock bands called like .co.uk. Literally, yeah. there was there was just a band .co. called .co.uk. .co.uk. And as a part, which of is the... very hard to find on the internet. Also, very awkward to um, format onto an iPod back in the day. I can imagine. Uh, yeah, I yeah. absolutely hated it. There's, uh, there, there are definitely a demographic, demographic of people out there who understand the pain of needing to uh, illegally download music from LimeWire yeah. and then format it correctly so that it looks nice on your iPod. <laughs> yeah. So that you don't have... like Because I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan yeah. and that spelling just... Oh, yeah. Oh, I my God. Imagine. People that seed torrents cannot figure out how you're supposed to spell Guns N' Roses. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like 10 of them going through. Like, oh, no, where's Sweet Child of Mine? Fuck's sake. Okay, well, um, on your list in front of you then, uh, is there one in particular? For, let's leave the worst of the worst to the end. Okay. Okay, yeah. and that's what I particularly want to find out what number 100 is right at the bottom. Well. But maybe not now. Do you want to go, what, what's, what are you bursting to talk about with us? Well, I mean, I'm very happy to talk about num- number one because it links back to something we've already discussed. Oh, really? Number 100 on the, uh, currently on the IMD, because this, of course, is, is constantly up Dated, mm. given uh, on people are voting all the time might be different and so it always changes this I, you know which I printed out yesterday according to the latest list number 100 on the worst 100 films of all time is 2001 A Space tra- Travesty ah. from the year 2000 a spoof movie starring Leslie Nielsen Leslie what? Nielsen of Naked Le- Gun fame Leslie Nielsen playing a character called Richard Dick Dicks. Oh. So you can kind of write the scripts already, oh. I think. Do you need a script? You just roll on <laughs> Leslie Nielsen at that <laughs> point, don't you? That's it. <laughs> so we could be looking at 2001 A Space Odyssey being the greatest film of all time. 2001 A Space Travesty. Maybe we'll pick up more viewers to see what, you know. But wouldn't it be great if, if it was bookending the list? There so number go. one and number two, fact 25,000 at the bottom. I, yeah. did look, I did look this up. I, I saw the trailer last night and um, it, it's made in that sort of post-naked gun moment where clearly Leslie Nelson wasn't getting those Leslie uh, wasn't getting those those naked gun movies made mm. uh, and so it was it was sort of in the wilderness for a little bit um, but still making these spoof movies and I think this one is is kind of a co-production there's some European funding involved maybe not Luxembourg <laughs> okay, okay. but there, there was a big tradition sort of towards the end of the 90s of Italian spoof versions of uh, you know, oh. American movies. So there's there's that thing, the Silence of the Hams. Oh yes, which is terrible. Yeah, and I'm surprised it's not <laughs> it is great. not on this list. <laughs> but um, the Silence of the Hams, which is obviously a spoof of the Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a guy called Ezio Greggio who was the <laughs> which is I don't not love the poor man's name, Josh. <laughs> Ezio Greggio, <laughs> uh, who was who was like the sort of um, the Zucker brothers of, of Italy. Right. Yeah. Uh, he wishes. Yes. Um, yeah. But was making these spoof versions of um, of American movies. And so I think 2001: A Space Travesty is very much in that tradition. There's an Inspector Shitsu. Right. Uh, uh, there's a Doctor Gideon Pratt. Okay, is that a joke? What's that even? Well, I think you know you can write the jokes based on the characters' names, oh, which is always a sign of a good movie. Oh, where yes. you don't actually need to think of any jokes because the character names are inherently funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, Dick Dicks and Gideon Pratt, Gideon Pratt and yeah. Inspector Shitsu. There's an wow. Inspector Wazoo as well. I it's saw Inspector Wazoo. Yeah. 
Good God. So that, I mean, that's that's like the high watermark of this yes, list. Exactly. That's, that's as good the, as it gets. That's the best film that's on the, the list. That's the best film on the list. And it still only gets four out of ten, according to the IMDb. Oh, okay, so that's not the very bottom one. No, so that's number 100 on the list on the, of lowest ratings. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. That's fine. No problem. But there's a fair gap between that and The Shawshank Redemption, which is number one on the high, on the top one, 250 list. Absolutely. Which I think is getting sort of 9, 9.2 or something like that. Oh, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen that film in decades. I haven't seen it in years. There was a, t- there was a time when I was at school where it was everybody's favourite film. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And you'd be like, what's your favourite film? And everybody would say Shawshank Redemption. Mm. And it's, that's not a bad take, I don't think. It's a good film. Yeah, it's just a bit worrying if kids under 15 are seeing it. <laughs> yeah, and loving it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, fair enough. Yeah. It's teaching them not to go to prison, but also teaching them a way out of prison. Yes. <laughs> a bit of everything. Although there is some shit involved along the way, so you know, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. be careful, kids. Um, so, so what else have we got on, on the list that's uh, particularly grabbed your considered eye? Well, there are several things that sort of strike me looking at, at the list. There's a lot of belated sequels on the list, some of which we'll get to in, in due course, I'm sure. But, you know, that for me was always, when people say, what are the kinds of movies you don't like? Yeah. Very tardy sequels to films that weren't all that great in the first place. Right, like, do yeah. we need this? Okay. No. Do we need it? 10, 15 years after, definitely not. Yeah. Okay. So there's a, there's a lot of that on here. You know, like um, they made a sort of prequel to Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yes. Dumb uh, and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. When Harry Met Lloyd. And that is at number 53 on the worst. Uh, is it really? I've seen that. 2003. Film. And again, it, it was a film that I was sent to review in my, my first years as a film critic. So already I was getting sort of acclimatized to the <laughs> very low bar American cinema set for itself this century. Um, and does that have Jim Carrey and Jeff No, it has no, two very it. bland young American actors who, who aren't anything like as funny as Jim no. Carrey and Jeff Daniels. Oh, okay. Playing no. the younger versions of Harry and Lloyd. Yeah. It's they seemed like uh, they seemed like guys that didn't make the cast of the American Pie movies. Oh. Yes, those. Yes. <laughs> Actually, by the by, you've got those in front of you. Are any of the American Pie sequels in there? Well, there. Oh, I think. They, <laughs> I think that they they qualify as straight to video things. So that I don't think they oh, would be on here. Um, there, there aren't any, as far as I can see. So I think that's one of. I mean, having sat through a couple of those directed DVDs. <laughs> Some of them them should be on here. Um, But there's a lot of, you know, very tidy sequels. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Which I like. I like. Which is the... (laughs) (laughs) That's a a 66, one place above fear.com. So that's that's the level we're looking at. Well, to be honest, there's a lot of metal bands on that soundtrack and they're used properly. Okay, so right, that's okay. why. So it's, it's got that in its face. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Daddy Day Camp, the sequel to Daddy Day oh, Care, yeah. after Eddie Murphy had bailed on the franchise. And that was that was ten years after, right? Yeah, two thousand and seven. It came out, and that's with it... Ice Cube. It's, um, was it Ice, playing the Ice Eddie Cube Murphy in the Eddie Murphy? Didn't right they now. do another one with um, Cuba Gooding Jr.? Am I imagining that? Oh. You might be right. Is there a daddy? Baby I think there's a franchise? third one. I think, yeah, I think in, in much the same way that there are about 14 Home Alone films, I think there yes. might be seven daddy day films. Oh, God. Yeah. I already tell Kevin Feige he's going to work it into the MCU. Absolutely. That's a franchise. <laughs> there it yeah. is. Another one. We got them. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, lots of lots of sequels on here. Police Academy: Mission to Moscow is at fifty nine. Oh yeah. Um, How many Police Academy movies are there? Let's have a guess. Without looking, let's have a guess. I reckon there's. Hang on, let's go with the ones that I know. So right. we know Mission to Moscow is number six, seven. Oh god. I think that's number seven. I think there's 
Nine. Not double digits. I don't think they hit double digits. I see. I don't know. Um, I just remember it being um, them being around when I was a kid. But I seem to remember. Did they? Did they number them appropriately? They oh, didn't yeah. have like a naked gun style two and a half. Three, yeah, three, like but... this is number thirty-three when it's actually number eight. No, but it would have been great if like the third one was called Police Academy Six and then the fourth one was called Police Academy Two. That <laughs> yeah. would have really messed up. But it looks like the producers looked this up for us. So do you want to give us a give us a guess? I'm going to say oh. nine. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wish cast a tenth Police Academy movie. And... <laughs> slipped under the radar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm gonna say ten. <laughs> Once the Steve Guttenberg comes back, yeah, 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 yeah. as a sort of ghost, like in a Star Wars movie, and Michael Winslow, and that's it. That's all you need. Okay, Police Academy ten Guttenberg's ghost. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, I think we might be on something. <laughs> Mike, 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 I, I right, think there's got... only seven. But I'm willing to be proved wrong. Okay, I'm but surprised. You do you want to let us know? Seven. There are seven, and that's why you're paid to do that's this for a living. They pay me that the medium sense. to low box because you know all about police academy movies. I do. Yes. yes. <laughs> so yeah, plenty of plenty of sort of crappy, shitty sequels. Um, yes. Yeah, so the, the twenty nine, the Human Centipede three final yeah. sequence, which ah. is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. Is the th- the third one? I don't think I've. Third one is set in a prison, largely. No, I haven't seen it. Anyway, the only one of them that I have seen then is the second one, which is weirdly good. It's weirdly good. Have yeah, the it? second one. Is I bad. don't think I have. I think I've seen one and three, and that's quite enough. That I, I, I gather the second one actually is trying to say something. It's got yeah. something about it's it. A sort of critique of the first one and yeah. the kind of people who are watching the first one. Or something. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. It's actually surprisingly clever, but right. you'd only watch it once and right. never want to yeah. watch it every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. still the just as incredible. The third one, on the other hand, is. Yeah, I think it's the most tasteless, horrible thing I've ever seen. Oh, really? Um, and it was like sitting with a, a rebellious eight-year-old who's just trying to offend you as much oh, as possible. Right, yeah. like flinging poo in your face every five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's easily the worst. And I've seen Slaughtered Vomit Dolls, yeah, which is like very similar to that sort of movies thing. movies that aren't dissimilar <laughs> exactly. to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it is the second most offensive thing I've ever seen. The, the most offensive thing I've ever seen is still Gaspar Noé's Irreversible. But at least that has some kind of message. Would you agree, Mike? That yeah, yeah, I think it something. has a veneer of something about it. Yeah, Even I mean, it's, it's no fun. No. Um, <laughs> but I have actually sat through that twice. Right. Um, I did sort of make the effort to go back and take a second look at it. And it is, it is properly affecting yeah. uh, I, I think I mean I, it's it? not something you'd want to so Irreversible is a film that takes place in reverse it's a rape revenge movie um, with Vincent Cassell and Monica Bellucci real life husband and life, wife playing actual husband and wife so you get the revenge stuff first and then which the... is quite nasty and then it flashed it, it goes backwards in time chronologically to the rape bit and then you go back even further in time to the, yeah. what happened before the rape. Hmm. That's a hell of an idea. Uh, but, yeah, um, but the way it unfolds is absolutely horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's even worse than what you're imagining. Yeah, well, and, yeah. Uh, I can, it's, I can it's a sort of Jesus blunt Christ. force trauma of a movie. And, yeah. and there, there, there are things in it that you won't easily forget. Right. Um, yeah. But it is very well made. It's yeah. quite... Yeah. It, it is it's undeniably cool. powerful and, you know, there is a degree of art and craft about it, but it's also quite horrific. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it misunderstands Ramstein. No, it doesn't. 
<laughs> and all of the Ramstein uses. I think if any director, if any director would understand where Ramstein is coming, Gaston Benoit would, would, would probably do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so the, the, the we lots of sequels. Uh, Dragon Ball Evolution at fourteen. Uh, is that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Some... the one that recently sold out the box office one weekend? It was number one in the box office this country. No, because no. I think there've been a couple of animated things since uh, and yeah, things like that. Yeah. But uh, this is one of the live actions. I think with Chow Yun Fat. Oh, that one in a Hawaiian uh, shirt. I yeah. seem to remember because again, vague and memories of it. Is it? Oh no, that's the the Shyamalan one's the Last Airbender. Oh, which, yes. is all, which is also quite bad. And yet, surprisingly, um, I don't think there's a Shyamalan movie on this list. I think pe- you, people people still like I those movies to some degree. He's steadfastly average, isn't he? You know, he's not <laughs> made anything awful. Yeah. He'll put that on his business card. Steadfastly, steadfastly <laughs> average. Um, He'd take that as a poor quote at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big twist at the end of his career. You didn't see that came in, did you? Uh, just average. <laughs> but I, I like, M. Night Shyamalan, I like some of his films, but not enough that I'd watch his new ones like that <laughs> like Unbreakable and The Sixth Sense I think are good films and they're, they're, they're fine to stick on a Sunday afternoon um, but I didn't want to watch that Beach That Makes You Old movie because I was just like it's going to make you old it's going to make yeah exactly I'm yeah. going to lose my life <laughs> having watched it but also I feel like we are just gearing up for a big twist again Exactly, uh, which yeah. is fine. I mean, it, like Inside Number Nine does it every week, and that's and I have no problem with that. Yeah, uh, the formula is that there's a twist. But the great thing about that is they're only half an hour long, so you don't feel like they're stringing you along until something happens. Yeah, so there it isn't all, like all feels far more organic. Whereas yeah. I think in the worst of the Shyamalan films, and I do think he's made some really really good movies, mm. but the worst of those, you do feel like you're just being strung along until. Until he goes, aha! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody <dead>. expects. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, spoiler. Um, <laughs> but I worked that out from the trailer with that movie. I think we said this on the podcast. I think we before, have. Yeah, yeah. You were, you've always been um, uh, quite uh, I concerned had a about the sixth sense. Yeah. Boy, I just picked it up from the trailer. I was like, I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. I don't know what happens. Yeah. Anyway. Pretty little kid. Exactly. Uh, so, so, so whatever delights do you have on your list there? Well, the, there's a, a film that I want to introduce to you and introduce into the conversation because it, it, it's appeared on here and I don't think it ever quite emerged on this side of the Atlantic. Ooh. Primarily because it's one of the most notorious financial flops of all time. Ooh. And number 21 on the IMDb list is a film called Food Fight! Exclamation mark, okay. Which eventually emerged in 2012 and was supposed to launch this kind of Pixar-like animation studio in the early noughties. Right. There's a, there was an entrepreneur who had a lot of money, put it all into animation, and to, into mm. computer animation, just as Pixar and the Toy Story movies were, were taking off. And they thought, well, we're going to do a movie about the characters that you see on the front of household food items. Yeah. So people right. like Chester Cheetah and uh, the Beck. Pillsbury... Yeah, exactly. Pillsbury yeah. Dollar Boy. Um, Charlie Checks. Yeah, quite possibly so. <laughs> the, the, the Pringles, the Pringles yeah. guy. Right. And we're going to do like origin stories for all these household familiar characters. Um, by all accounts, it was a complete disaster. Apparently, the computers all broke halfway through production. Someone stole off with the, the, the hard drives or something, and they ended <laughs> yeah, yeah. up having to redo everything. It cost, like, I think something in the region of $60, $70 million. Yeah. And apparently took about $200 on its opening weekend, and that was kind of it. And by all accounts, the review, I haven't seen it, because, I, as I said, it didn't you sort of get much further than five cinemas in the States on the opening weekend by the looks of things because people knew that it was an absolute stinker from the word go. But it's gone down in history as one of the biggest 
flops of all time. I and really it, want to see this now. Well, exactly. If yeah. you look at the IMDb trivia page, but there is so much information about this that will make you want to see it. But I'm sure it's it's absolutely terrible. I mean, just the idea yeah. of it having sort of logos come to life, like yeah. the Emoji Movie, which probably or which, which is, is indeed on. Oh, <laughs> which, which, nice. And in a similar vein, just in case it is also on there, the most recent Space Jam movie, which is logos oh, come to life, yeah. right? Oh, yes, God, you're right. Yes, there's a lot. No, well, that is Space Jam Two isn't on here, but the Emoji oh. movie sits at number forty-five on this list. Did you have the pleasure of? I never saw it. No, no. I, I was spared that one. I did have to review uh, the Angry Birds movie, oh, which oh, came out wow. around the same time, which is the good Emoji movie because it's actually yeah. quite smartly done and, and well written and, and there are actually quite story. gorgeously animated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There are things to like about the Angry Birds movie. By all accounts, there's nothing to like about the Emoji movie. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think we may en- well end up with a sequel to it because it, I should imagine it took it enough money, money to do it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's going to yeah. happen. That's yeah. crazy. The Angry Birds TV show, which is on like what? Pop or something. There's an Angry Birds CGI animated TV show, which you think is going to be terrible? Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely <laughs> amazing. It's really well written. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the producer's holding <laughs> up a sign saying it's great. That's two of us that have seen it. <laughs> nice. It's really, really amazing. They're like five minutes each. It never outstays its welcome. Right, okay. No so dialogue. Hmm? Style. Like Buster Keaton's and no yeah, dialogue yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Really, oh, really that. amazing. That sounds cool. Yeah, so I recommend oh. that. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to, to, uh, to see the Angry Birds movie is not in oh, the bottom 100. I think way too good for this list. Yeah. Way too good for this list. Um, it, there's a fair sort of Western bias. I think a lot of these are just films that a lot of people happen to have seen. I think there's a cut-off. Yeah. You have to, you know, enough people have to have voted for these things for the, for the votes to actually count. Because in recent years on IMDb, there's been this thing where you get angry fanboys who are determined to knock down the score of things. So I think IMDb sort of mitigate against that by having, um, you know, a, a cut-off and to make sure there's no... You know, I'm pretty confident that the votes here are all legit and above board and there's no sort of angry fanboys yeah. trying to bring something down just because, you know, it, it, it's not canon or whatever yeah, yeah. it is yeah. fanboys get, get angry about. What was, it? What was just... the Marvel movie that they hated? Uh, all of them. Captain uh, Captain Marvel is that like number one? It's been brugaded down <laughs> by all of the. <laughs> they get very angry for no apparent reason. But yeah, there have been sort of very high-profile cases of things, you know, big movies that the trolls have swallowed. Speaking of trolls, of course, Troll Two is on this list. And oh, Troll Two! A film so bad it actually inspired a documentary about how bad it was. Yes, yeah, yeah. and, it and you've seen it. Oh yeah, it's right. amazing. Yeah, really. oh, I, I haven't. haven't seen hang it. on, sorry. Are you saying the film is amazing or the documentary is amazing? Oh, I haven't seen the documentary. Oh, okay. No, You're saying the film. <laughs> yeah, of course. Troll two. Of course you are. Now, I, I will preface this by saying I haven't seen Troll one. Okay, <laughs> so, is there a troll? <laughs> there, there must be. I I think I haven't seen this documentary either, but I am aware of Troll two. Yeah, and I think that part of the um uh, like part of the law of um <laughs> Troll two is that it's. It, there is no troll one. <laughs> <laughs> it was straight. It's, it's trolling. It's, it's, yeah. it's literally trolling. It's yeah. a troll movie. But that's the um, from anybody that isn't aware of the uh, the name and just the YouTube meme. That's the one where the guy in uh, glasses goes, "They're eating her, and then they're gonna eat me." Oh my god! That's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, I'm surprised. That, is it actually on there? It's actually on that list of Troll, Troll Two. Is at number twenty-eight. Yeah, yeah, just ahead of three spots ahead of Hobgoblins from 1988. That's exactly what I was going to talk about. 
Wow. I was going to say, I'm amazed that Troll 2 is on there, but Hobgoblins is not. No, well, they're, they're both on there. Oh, okay, wonderful. Hobgoblins is, um, you know, critters and gremlins. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Imagine right. that on a very, very low budget where they don't even have um, people's hands operating the puppets. It's just a cuddly toy. Stuck to <laughs> oh, right. It's like that. And in fact, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 did it. So oh, that's probably a better way to watch go. it. Yes. So that you've got somebody taking I suspect this, this is where Mystery Science 3000 got most of their, their, their yeah. titles yeah. from yeah. in the early days. Manos hands of fate on there. And, and just, just going back to the, the food fight, is Sausage Party on there? Or is that too yeah. average? No, I think I think people quite enjoyed Sausage Party. I think yeah. Yeah, The you outrage know. surrounding Sausage Party was about the treatment of the animators. I don't oh, think anybody's ever said that it was a bad film. Oh, really? really? No. No, no, no. Um, it, got a lo- it got loads of bad PR as it was being released mm. because apparently they had like real crunch time for that movie and they like they forced people to work double shifts to pay them no money for it and stuff like that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, right, okay. So, yeah, yeah but I, I think the... F- I haven't seen it, but I, no. I think the film itself is fine. The, film, the, the, the film is funny. You know, if right. you want to see a rude adult skewing animation, The Sausage Party is a, is a fun evening. Okay, fair do. Yeah, that's nice. No problem at all. Okay, um, is there anything on there uh, that you would say you actually enjoyed? Well, there were, uh, I could make a case, some kind of a case for at least <laughs> two of them, and inevitably they're down towards the bottom end of this list. Because okay. I think uh, the, the vast majority of these, I would be quite happy to just, you know, throw over a cliff and never <laughs> never see or hear anything more of again. I don't think there'd be any great loss to civilization if we no. did that. Dragon Ball Evolution can just go to the passages. That can go... I, I haven't got the heart to throw anything with Charion Fat in it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Because he's just adorable. He, he, yes, I know, yeah. He, he gets a pass. He's really charismatic. He could play really? Doctor Who. He'd be a great Doctor, actually. Yeah. Doctor Who. So, Spy Kids 4, All the Time in the World, featuring Ricky Gervais as the voice of a farting dog. Oh, and that, can go, oh that can what? go... Over, that, that can was... go over a cliff. That was what. Six. Speaking of belated sequels, oh, I'm not aware point. of this. And I was the I was the Spy Kids generation. I went to see mm. those three, the first movies. three, yeah, which are good fun, yeah. very smartly put together family films. But no, in 2011 they did a fourth film, Spy Kids for All the Time in the World, featuring Ricky Gervais <laughs> as the voice of a farting dog. And it came with, if you went to see it in the <clears> cinema <throat> on first release, it came with scratch and sniff technology. Wow! So when the dog let off, you got to scratch a card and smell. What was supposed to be the smell of a dog voiced by Ricky Gervais letting off. Oh, I don't want that in my mouth. Oh, no, I don't but, want But, of course, even the scratch and sniff technology was crap. It just smelled like a piece of cardboard. Oh, no. <laughs> as, as with every other thing where the film told you to scratch and sniff. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that smells like cardboard, too. <laughs> the entire film is made of cardboard. And what's the, what's the strangest... Have you ever been given a strange gimmick like that for a movie you've had to review? Any strange glasses or food? Well, I mean, we're, we're sitting here, what, a month or so away from Avatar 2, and the, the, yeah. they'll be trying to bring back 3D, 3D. for that, which oh. is always an irritation. Um, yeah, no, I think you, um, the general rule of thumb at press screenings is the more refreshments before the film, the worse the film is going to be. <laughs> yeah. They really butter you up. So if you mm-hmm. see a, like a, a huge spread with sandwiches and cake and gatto and you know all kind the, the most elaborate biscuits known to mankind, yeah. you know you're in for a stinker of a movie. Or sometimes if they just give, hand you a glass of water as you go in, Ooh. you know you're in for a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let the art feed you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so, so what else were you going to make a case? So for? I, yeah, before I, I want to throw some more things off the cliff. Oh, yeah, civilization. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Like it's for in the bin. The yes, remake yeah. of the Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage at oh, seventy nine oh, really? and the bees. I yeah. haven't seen it. So that can go over a cliff. Mac and me at number eighty. Oh no! Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. There's always fans. There's always one. How could you have the heart to throw those strange aliens? You were eight years old when you saw MVHS. It's crap now. I know, I know. And I it's a two-hour-long it. McDonald's movie. Yeah, McDonald's I advert. I didn't realise at the time. I honestly <laughs> didn't know. I didn't realise. Well, I suppose that it shows that Mac and Me at least did its job to some capacity because it managed to fool an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I I have only seen the Mystery Science uh, Theatre um, version of it, I think. Okay. They, did, they did on Mystery Science Theatre, didn't they? They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the only uh, pleasure I've had of uh, Mac and me. It's got a young Jennifer Aniston in, if I remember rightly, oh, before okay. her, before Leprechaun, which is yes. not on this list, I should really? point out. Yeah, it's it managed to avoid the fate of Troll 2 and Hobgoblins. <laughs> okay, can I put my hand up? Is, is, uh, is Leprechaun in space? Oh, no, no I, I think the, the Leprechaun movies have such a sort of healthy cult following that, okay. that they get voted off this list, so I think they're fine. But Actually, out of it, it is Slaughtered Vomit Dolls on there. No, I think that's too obscure. I think you may be the only person in the world who suffered through that. <laughs> All three of them. There's three of them. Oh, three really? of them. Yeah, wow. yeah. Is the third one got Ricky Gervais in it? So you're fighting <laughs> with scratch and sniff technology. Yeah. Oh, you do not want slaughtered vomit dolls with scratch and sniff. No, that's not a good idea. So yes, I'm throwing I'm throwing Mac and me over the cliff. I'm throwing at number nine to the Flintstones in Beaver Rock Vegas. Oh yeah, you know a film that manages to be worse than the the original Flintstones yeah. movie. Yeah, so that's Mark going Addy. over. Yeah. Oh, because oh, I Mark like Addy. the um, who's the big guy from Cloverfield Lane? John Goodman. John Goodman. Yeah, yes. I like the John Goodman Rick yes. Moranis one. That yes, yeah, yeah. but no, this is the belated sequel with uh, Mark Addy from the full, fresh from the full Monty. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Addy. His big, yes. his big American break. <laughs> Um, the two, the, the two films that I would make some kind of case for. One is um, where am I now? Let's have a look. Number eighty-eight. I know who killed me. Uh, from 2007, which was supposed to be Lindsay Lohan's breakthrough adult role, which she plays, and it is a, a, a sort of weird B-movie thriller um, with lots of sort of Lynchian pretensions, wow. where she plays a stripper, and she's a, she may actually have a double life, and in one of the... Lo- Someone's dead, and and yeah. there were, okay. and I, I was, it doesn't in, it entirely work. But I remember sort of seeing, it and it went straight to DVD here, and it got in part because it got such bad reviews in the states and did no business there whatsoever. Right. But as a sort of transitional role from a for a young actress who's clearly trying to throw off the whole Disney mm. Mean Girls kind of thing, it was sort of interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, because you know whatever you say about Lindsay Lohan, and God knows people have said all kinds of things okay, about yes. Lindsay Lohan, she is actually a very competent actress, and yeah. you know on her day is is a great actress. Um, so I, I I think that perhaps deserves rescuing more than most of the films on this list. The other one I I, I will confess to, and I, I feel a little bit guilty about confessing, <laughs> but um, just below it at number ninety, the Love Guru, Mike Myers oh, is yes. the Love Guru from <laughs> yeah. two thousand and eight. Which so so here's the thing, you would not be able to make The Love Guru in 2022. You just wouldn't be able to get away because Mike Myers is playing a character who is kind of supposed to be Indian. He is uh, a guru of some kind. Yeah. Uh, His name yeah. is 
yeah. in, in much the same way as Leslie Nielsen playing Dick Dix. Yes. Uh, Mike Myers is playing Guru Tugging Me Pudding. Okay. Oh, great. okay That's cool. the joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and boy, does it get hammered to, to death with repetition. Well, it um, does, it I, does I, sound I, like they did a few passes at that. Like, yes, that's not just they, wanking my dick, is it? Like, tugging yeah. my pudding. Somebody, they've replaced a couple they of words. They made some effort. <laughs> there was at least two script meetings before they went into the Love Guru. It's very nearly iambic pentameter, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's practically Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Compared with some of the other writing. Turn this, put that on the poster. <laughs> practically Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> I think that was my Sunday Telegraph review at the time. Yeah. I, did, I think I I sniggered and chuckled all my way through. In part because I'm a, I'm a Mike Myers fan anyway. Yeah. Uh, in part because it's such a sort of... The level that it's pitched at is such schoolboy humour, which is almost... Right pinpointing my kind of humour. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think, you know, 2008 was probably the last time you could get away with something. And I'm sure if I went back and went, and I haven't seen it since it came out, but I'm sure if I went back and looked at it, there would be bits that go beyond cringe to become act- actively problematic. Yeah, yes. But there are still some very funny bits in it. I think John Oliver's in it. Um, oh, yeah. Justin Timberlake is in it, playing this sort of swaggering Canadian hockey player who comes across. Ben, is Ben Kingsley in it? Or am I imagining that? <laughs> I do have a feeling that Ben Kingsley turns up. I seem to remember seeing a trailer with him uh, being in it. And then the sort of before Iron Man. Is he Man also problematically two. playing an Indian man? Because <laughs> yeah. he does. He's, he's got four. But I think I got an Oscar for this last time. <laughs> they loved it, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I will admit to actively chuckling my way through the Love Guru in a way that I think I, I sort of cringed uh, my way through most of the other films on this list. So. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I, I remember when the trailers for that were coming out because it was the height of Austin Powers uh, um, uh, kind of. Mania. And I mm. was, yeah, Austin Powers Mania, which it was at yeah, the time. It, like it, it, it was. Um, and I loved those Austin Powers movies when I was a kid. I, I, I remember being excited for The Love Guru, but I've never seen it to this day. Mm. No. But I might, I might dig it out, and I'll let you know how um, report how, how modern sensibilities view it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, that's the homework. You dig that out, and I'm going to try and track down as much as I can find about food fights. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. We'll get back yeah. on that one. Nice. Um, that's great. Well, we've got to, um, we, we're going to need to in a minute go for a quick break, and then do the final bit in the end of the episode. Okay, okay. Because okay, time good. is running away from us. Yes, we yes. could sit here for another two hours and really oh, enjoy. Oh, quite this. easily. I could go through all of this list. I know. Um, the, the producer was literally going, "Do you know how long we got on for?" Oh really? (laughs) Now I understand why there are podcasts that go um, like ninety minutes, two hours constantly because they just have like four people in the room. It's it's relatively easy to do. Exactly. Yeah, Uh, there's enough people in the room. Yeah, that's what happens. Um, So also, I need to go to the little boys' room. Of course, you do. Yeah, and need to get some props ready. For the finale, but before we do, I oh, yes, to we've, got you, uh, we've got the dance number coming up, which I think Mike, you got the notes and the costume last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we'll I'm ready. Good okay, well, uh, but one last question yep. before we wrap up the filmic part of it. Okay. Um, I bet you get asked the same questions again and again and again when people find out that you're a film critic. But here's a question for you you have to watch a lot of films for a living yep. as a day job or as an evening job, basically. Mm. Um, do you ever find that you have enough time to go back and rewatch your favourites? Do you, do, or do you find you have less time to do that? Less time, certainly less time. It, sometimes it, it comes up in the course of the job. So, for example, opening this weekend, uh, they're reissuing Casablanca, oh, and yes. they're reissuing okay. uh, Ingmar Bergman's great Christmas movie, Fanny and Alexander, which I've seen and loved in the past, and I'm oh, going to okay. sit down and watch that again. 
and they're reissuing as they do now every year the Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, with yes. the with the with the song with the song previously unheard. So the, yes. all of those films are opening on Friday. So I will sit down and watch, you know, rewatch the films that I love. Um, as long as, they, but yeah, into there's it, just a constant wave of new stuff. So it's quite hard to sort of carve out time to um, yeah. to watch the stuff you know and love. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah, it's like some. It's, it's it's hard enough watching good movies, let alone making time to watch. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the stuff that's seen on here, you know, going overboard with Adam Sandler. Going uh, overboard with Adam Sandler. Yeah, sort of before Sandler was a star. He was uh, going overboard a Goldie Horn movie from the seventies. Overboard. Overboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to be confused with No, no, no. That, yeah, that's relatively that, the reputation is rather good. But the, you know, the Cats movie from twenty nineteen. I know people oh, who go right, to see is. bad movies. Yeah. You yeah. know, they pay to see bad movies to have that sort of you know sing along, jeer along kind of thing. Yeah. I I don't know how you get time to do that because I've got great movies that I still want to watch yeah. so to try and make time for bad movies is... in the same way as I don't really organise the tasks that I have to do in my life um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, it just I should, should really get round to that but also I might just laugh at this <laughs> terrible fear.com for the next two hours so and then get angry because they misrepresent Ramstein's lyrics <laughs> yes yeah yeah phone Pete obviously we have half an hour about Ramstein <laughs> Shall I quickly do the top ten, the I, bottom ten? I do. I'll rattle through. We, I feel like we should have the, the music from Pick of the Pops Absolutely. in the background, but yeah. There, yeah. there's a copyright issue. So yeah. number ten on the worst films of all time according to IMDb, uh, IMDb Battlefield Earth, two thousand, John oh. Travolta, sort of oh. Scientology, based on a novel by L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. Now, can I just uh, interject at this point? Now that's a movie I've seen it on telly and uh, uh, just just avoided it, and even somebody lent it to me. I right. said, you've got to watch this. And I gave it back and pretended I'd seen it. Oh. <laughs> and you just could not be asked. No, only finding out about it show. on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really sorry. You know who you are. I apologise. John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> Twist. Uh, number nine is Epic Movie from 2007, which oh, is a number of sort of post-scary movies, yes. um, yeah. sort of in that kind of crap is parody thing. Is it the Wyans Brothers, or was this just some... No, this is... There's a, there's a couple of American sort of frat dude guys called, I think, uh, Friedman and Seltzer or something, who, do okay. that, who who have got like four or five of these on, on the list the, in the, the, in the bottom 20. Movie, just just terrible, just unfunny versions of films that weren't that great to begin with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's number nine. Number eight, Saving Christmas, starring Kirk Cameron from Family Ties. Oh. It's a Christian it's Christmas a... movie. Okay. And the tagline is, put Christ back into Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that's that. Number seven, classic example of the belated, needless se- sequel, Son of the Mask from oh, 2005, yeah, starring Alan Cumming. Uh, yeah. Put your hand up in the studio if you've watched it. I have. I've oh, seen it all... multiple times, yeah. <laughs> producer, no. Yeah. Three out of four of us. You're not missing anything, producer. It's no. dreadful. It's the, number seven on this list for a reason. The mm-hmm. Mask was the first film, I think, that I wore out on VHS. It was, nice. my, it was my first, like, I love this movie. Yeah. Um, so when Son of the Mask came out, I was really excited for it. And oh. I was still, like, a teenager, I think I was a little bit young. Yeah. Um, so it came out and I, I was sincerely excited to watch it. And it is... 
Uh, it's a drag. It's <laughs> atrocious. <laughs> atrocious. Number six is House of the Dead. Uwe Ball's House of the Dead, based oh, on the console game from yeah. 2003. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is pretty terrible. Number five is uh, one of several movies on this list featuring Paris Hilton, The Hottie and the Knotty, <laughs> from 2008. I don't think anyone at this table has seen this. I've heard of it, but yeah. yeah. There, was a, there was a real push to try and make Paris Hilton something yes. Yes. in the early noughties. Yeah. And I still think her, um, is it Stars Are Blind, the single that she did, which right. sounds very much like UB40's Kingston Town. Oh, really? But he's very. But I think that's a, that's the best thing that Paris Hilton has ever done. She did. Um, have you ever seen Repo, the genetic opera? Oh yes. Which is exactly what yes. the producer yeah, just yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah. There um, you go. I think, but that's a, a, um, She appears to be sending herself up, but I think she just had no idea that they were taking the piss out of her. <laughs> No. Um, also, the uh, the singer from Skinny Puppy is in that. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> good, good metal <laughs> representation. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Number four is, uh, again, another sequel, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2 from 2004. <laughs> Baby Geniuses, the first one, is at number 24. So, okay. so it's a really rewarding sequel. This is, I think, it, the premise is a sort of sci-fi thing where babies are attributed with adult characteristics uh, it's a bit like that film, that Bradley Cooper movie, Limitless, where okay. he unlocks his brain, but with babies. <laughs> okay. And from the director of Porky's. Oh, right. Old Clark, yeah, yes, yeah. I think so. Wow. So, uh, number three is Birdemic, Shock and Terror from 2010, a horror, horror channel classic. I've seen it. There you go. Of course you have. <laughs> of course you have. Which I, I looked at the Kim Newman website, and Kim, if you don't know, is, is one of the great film critics. He is. And, and will have seen the vast majority of films on this list. God bless him. He's also an expert on Doctor Who. There you go. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, he's an expert on many, many things. But uh, Kim Newman has, has called Birdemic the worst use of computer effects in film history. <laughs> <laughs> So that's Including a number the three. Scorpion King. So that's <laughs> well, yes, that is that is quite something. And <laughs> uh, number two is a film that Josh briefly mentioned in passing: Manos, The Hands of Fate. Manos, Hands yes. of Fate from 1966, which is the oldest film on the list. Wow, uh, bottoming out at 2.2 out of 10. And the problem with that movie isn't necessarily that it's bad, which it is, right. but it's also I think that it's just it's not finished. Like, it's, it's not a complete piece of media that they've presented. Like there are there are scenes in it which are just very clearly the first shot, or you can very clearly see a cameraman somewhere or yeah. something like that. And it's just uh, yeah, people don't know their lines. They flub lines in the movie. Um, yeah, and I think I did go back and do some research on Man of Santa Fe, and the production of the movie is like shrouded in all of this weird mystery, and um, people are getting paid off and keeping money and, uh, and yeah very interesting there's a story terrible. behind the story i think this is one of the films that, that has come to prominence because um See. it was on mystery science Theater Theater. Theater. so i think people know it one. from that yeah. right yeah. so it's you know 60s b movie kind of thing um so that's at number two and drumroll please number one Disaster movie from two thousand and eight. Oh, Another one of the, in the the series of witless parrot. Yeah, Seltzer and Friedman again, our old friends. Um, yes, and, and this is the spoof of three hundred, which was a fairly which was a bad, bad which we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's a, so two point one out of ten. So the, the, there's a whole level 
Someone yeah. will be out there now trying to make a 1.6 out of 10, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, just to uh, just to kind of cap this off, and I don't know if I've, I'm, I'm, I may have said this to uh, to you at some point uh, before this recording, um, but my I think the the worst movie I have ever seen is a horror channel movie, which was, I think it was like a student film, which kind of got away from itself, um, and it is essentially it's a ghost story. Um, where they're all trying to find the ghosts that live in this house. But all throughout the ghost story, there are these radio signals which are coming in, and they are like portents of an oncoming nuclear apocalypse. And then at the end of the movie, they confirm the existence of ghosts, and the bomb drops. (laughs) And that's it. Game over. Finished. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. (laughs) Does it finish with a sort of cheerful tune? No, it doesn't. What <laughs> Not it even does, right? So they have the they have the um, they have the classic um, guy in a hat, mysterious guy in a hat who knows about ghosts okay. comes to the house, um, and he says, "Oh, you need to do this. You need to do this. The spirit is trapped in here." And they go and they do it, and they seem to confront the spirit. And then when they've confronted the spirit, they all run out of the house, get into the car, and then they hightail it away from the house in this car, turn on the radio, and the radio is it's the air raid signal, and the bombs drop. It's just all pointless. Yeah. It, it doesn't go anywhere. For two hours, it goes nowhere. Uh, sorry, I'll calm down. It's I'll... a good way to end a story. If you don't know, just drop, drop the bomb. bomb. Drop on the everybody. bomb on everyone. It's, it's fine. It. Speaking um... of dropping bombs, I do need the toilet. <laughs> And I've needed it for 20 minutes. It's really well cooked. Okay. okay. The airway That's siren's awesome. going. The airway siren is going off big yeah. time. Right. Yeah. So before a scratch and sniff situation in this podcast, yes. let me go. <laughs> scratch your cards now. Exactly. But we'll be back uh, with the grand finale uh, after this. Do you see what I did then? Yes. I did that thing in my head. Like, and we're back. So I knew it would sound like that. Actually, I was checking the back door to make sure I locked it properly. Right, I thought, okay. I thought that's going to sound good on the mic, isn't it? It did sound like there was motion. You know, yeah. This now sounds like you've been for a pee in the back garden. That's it. Right. <laughs> Don't reveal the secrets of the podcast. Mark, marking your territory. <laughs> it's his process. Okay, right, right, please. Okay. <laughs> Ours is not to reason why. That's right. Oh, excuse me. Uh, don't edit that out. No, no, no. We keep that in. Right. Uh, so um, we are not farted into the mic once. Did you? Did you uh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's my gift to radio history. No one's done that before. Why, why do you think I'm here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're lightning strike twice. <laughs> the producer's holding up a sign that says, "I thought you weren't ready and maybe missed it." Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. No, no, I'm a consumer professional. Speaking of consuming things, look at that segue. Oh, come on. Look at that segue. Speaking of consuming things, we now move to the gastronomic part of the podcast. Okay. So Christmas is coming. Yes. The goose is getting fat. Please put a penny in my hat, all that business. All of that. Um, so we have found, as a Pete's Sweets segment, really? two sweetmeats. Okay. Two mm. confectioner's delights okay. uh, in the aisle of our local supermarket um, to try. Now, the first one, these are both sweet things, so I know Josh might not be into these. Mike, you, you've got quite a sweet thing. I love you? a sweet thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah this should be good. The first one might not be to your taste, okay. but uh, producer, if you want to uh, reveal all. So, um, Josh, do you want to read aloud what you have? We have Flips Gingerbread Flavour Coated Pretzels. Okay. Now, so you know what pretzel flips are? 
Uh, pretzel flips are, are they different to normal pretzels? Yeah, so flips is a big, big brand. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, they are pretzels, which are those salty things. Yeah. But pretzel flips are dipped in chocolate. Oh, okay. So yeah, you get yeah, the yeah. chocolate and the salt, which, by the way, predates the trendy salted salt caramel. caramel thing. Predates all that because they were big in the late nineties. Oh, okay. Um, then they died. Then they came back. Right. But now they're back with a festive version called gingerbread flips. Um, now, Wait. Mike, is that the kind of thing that I, you... I, I will have, happily have, okay. a, have a go at this. Give it a smell for us first. Okay. Can... Oh, yeah, we whiff the bag. Oh, that is proper Leibkuchen gingerbread. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, pass it around. Yeah. Pass it around. The producer oh, looks really oh, excited. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. That's like a, it smells like a glass of old wine. It's the wine. smell of Christmas, isn't Ooh, it? Is it really? That's Cliff Richard in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that to me when I'm sniffing it, <laughs> because that's what I'm thinking of Mistletoe now. Mistletoe and wine, right there. It's just like Cliff Richard's armpit. Um, it does smell of jumpers and yeah, it's a lovely yeah. smell. It's yeah. a very festive smell. Okay, yeah. well, um, if you want to delve in the bag, yes, and uh, offer them to the producer as well. Yeah. So these are normal sized, the sort of smaller pretzels, but they're coated in some kind of coating. And I promise you, dear listener, you'll stop hearing rustling now. And uh, let, let, let's dig in. Mm. You, if you guys want to go in first, I'll keep talking while you're eating. And I'll just look at the facial expressions. Oh, now I have a thumbs up from the producer. Mm. Okay, Josh looks thoughtful, which is a good thing for you eating something sweet. This yeah, is yeah. instant. Mike? Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. Mm. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in. That's, especially when you get to the salty, the salty pretzel in the middle. Oh, wow. That's really good. That blossoms on the tongue. It really does. There's a bouquet. Hit, yeah, it doesn't hit you straight away. It slowly... It into, reveals its saltiness. It slides into your DMs. <laughs> it does. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's a, that's a success. And the, um, the savouriness of it means you could very easily... Oh, yeah. Get through the whole bag in front of like oh, a God. Channel 5 Sunday night top 100 celebrity mishaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lawyer's dog at Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, afternoon TV movie. Um, and um, with the salty and sweet um, action, mm. considering the subject matter of uh, the uh, show, pretty good cinema sweets, I think that would be. Mm. The, oh, but the, the bag is very rustling. Yes, that's true. The bag is very rustling. Yeah. Uh, You'd have to decant into a plastic bag. I, that's it. I remember um, distinctly um, when I went to go see Interstellar mm. uh, at the cinema. I went to, um, I had an awkward uh, job at the time, so I couldn't go at like normal times to the cinema. Um, and it was at, right at the end of its run. Um, and I had to go and see it at like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. Mm. And it was like, me and two other single, like baseball cap wearing Chris Nolan dudes. And I took in, I took in a, bo- a, a bag of Walker's uh, sensations, <laughs> and out of it, like you think this is the perfect environment. Number yeah. one, Interstellar is constantly noisy, Loud, yeah. um, and there's nobody else in the cinema. But out of the sheer respect <laughs> for those other guys, I sat there and I didn't eat any of my crisps. <gasps> But most recently, when I went to Black Panther yeah. in scr- 
green one, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But everybody, it's incredibly like uh, like poignant movie uh, following Chadwick Boseman's death and stuff like that. I was in there after a few beers, just crisps. <laughs> 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 That's fine. Uh, I think you could. I think you could in Tenet, you could probably get away with barbecuing an entire pit. It's that. It's that. that. You could just have it on a spit and just keep turning it. Yeah. No. The microwave going. Yeah. Yeah. That no score going. Oh, <laughs> oh. And of course, it's a great movie to fart in. Yes. Get away with yes. It. Yes. Yeah. No trouble at all. Christopher Nolan is giving us all very bad habits. I will say, actually, once. Uh, it's getting us back in the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> it may smell like barbecue pig and farts. So. Yeah. No scratch and stiffness. No, no. <laughs> Gervais, you're out of it. Yeah. When, uh, when the Blair Witch Project came out in 1999, yeah. I was in my second year of uni and I went to see it the night it came out. I was really wow. hyped up and I bought myself a bag of Revels, Cinema Revels, the big bags. Right, yes. Right? Pulled out all the stops. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, it was Halloween, you know. And um, I, I ripped open the bag, the movie started. I did not eat a single Revel. I was wrapped and I was also so terrified by it that I, I forgot I had them. I came out and I'm oh, I've got a bag of Revels. But Bonus. because I've been grasping it in fear all of the rebels had melted into one super rebel which was the most delicious thing I've ever eaten I invented Rocky Road before it was ever invented so thank you Blair Witch Project yes yeah. I think they had that on the poster so scary it'll, it'll put you off your rebel your rebels will go untouched <laughs> <laughs> and actually while we're on, on the subject um uh, I realised re- fairly recently the best cinema sweets yes. are Skittles. Right. They don't make any noise. You yeah. get plenty of them in the bag. Yeah. And they don't they don't crunch. They don't. Yeah. No. I I I buy that. That's pretty good. And they're um, watery. They uh, they make your mouth water, which is a different sweet. But mm. yeah. It, yes. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. not going to dry you out. So um, gingerbread pretzel flips are not the ideal cinema sweet necessarily, but they were very good sofa. Christmas snack. Yeah. And um, if you did decant them into some Tupperware, then yes, maybe take them to the cinema. I don't think you'd be all right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, out of 10, Josh? Ooh. Uh, I'm very impressed with those. I think I'm going to give those an 8 out of 10. That's, coming from you, Ooh. that is high praise. Yeah, and uh, Mike, you're used to reviewing movies, but uh, pretzel flips? Well, <laughs> um, a very different challenge. I think <laughs> I think Josh is responding to the saltiness because we've established that you don't like sweet stuff. Yeah. I'm more of a sweet guy. So for me, the saltiness comes as a little bit of an anti I quite like the, the way the saltiness comes through after you've had that sweet gingerbread mm. topping or whatever. Uh, so for me, I think six out of ten, I think. Okay. Wow, okay. And the producer, do you want to write down a mark out of ten for me? Because I think you quite like those. You give me a big thumbs up. Eight out of ten Ooh, okay. from the producer. Okay. You know what? I'm going to go the same. Eight out of ten for me. Eight yeah. Um, they're not the ultimate of all time. They're not the legendary candy corn, which I fell in love with. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Is there any of that still in the building? Do you know what? Like, I don't think there's any of it left in the country. <laughs> I ripped through about another two bags of those, and it wasn't cheap. because you have Two to, bags? You, have to you bought more? Them. Yeah, yeah. Good Lord. You're... America's put an export ban on it. <laughs> Sacks of it, <laughs> um, So, yeah, oh, I, I like candy corn a lot. Your, your blood is just syrup at this point. <laughs> at this right? point, yes. <laughs> um, so, moving on, we have our second... Now, this is a huge deal okay. because um, it's going to be something where you think, oh, that's posh. I know these, they're posh. This is a new version of an existing posh sweet. Okay. But then wait till you find out what they've done with the flavour. The producer's okay. shaking her head already. These are after eight mints, after eight. but they are orange and mint flavour. Orange and mint. Orange and mint in the same sweet. 
As it says Ooh. on the box, could After Eight get any better? <laughs> well, we'll find out. Um, you give it a quick sniff for me, Michael? Hang, hang on, let me just check. Yeah, it's After Eight. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Very good. Here we go. Let the yes. producer have one first. Yes. Are they still in the, the posh little sleeve? They are in yeah. the yeah, sachet. Yeah, yeah. Right. Josh? I will do the, um, the requisite sniff. And while you're doing this, by the way, uh, I realise buying these, it's like matchmakers, where as a kid, you were led to believe they were really posh and could be eaten sparingly because yes. they were so expensive. Yes. And then you go as an adult to the supermarket, oh, they're two quid. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was like that, like um, Viennetta. Yeah. The height of luxury. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, let's have a look. Okay, I'm not getting much from the smell profile of orange. No, they, they smell like after eight. Mm. Uh, yeah. There's a little but, tang yeah. of citron. Okay, you guys go first. I'll uh, right. just say to the uh, the viewers, the listeners, uh, it's the same size. It's got that nice after eight logo stamped into the back of it. And mm-hmm. there's little paper things that they come in that look like you just hope that they're recyclable. Mm. <laughs> um, Oh, okay. Now the cream inside has a very slight orange tinge to it. Mm. Yeah. And uh, what are we thinking? I'm, I'm thinking that that is that is good. Oh no! No, it's, it's everything I worried. I was worrying. You know when you clean your teeth and then drink orange juice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can't. I can't see where you're coming from there. Um, um, producer, because orange and mint is a wild. Mm. <laughs> producer made a face. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. <laughs> Why do I like them? I know what you mean, Mike. <laughs> I, I I think it's a kind of a subtle variation on what's gone before. But do you do you not like after eight? I love. Oh, after you love after eight. Ah, right? so this is too much of a. a I couldn't think. No. Um, <laughs> My uh, the producer has a sign saying, "I want one or the other, not both." Both, right? right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's a bit like Chakademus and pliers. <laughs> it should be Chakademus and all pliers. and all pliers, <laughs> right? Um, or indeed, what was it? Shania, Shania Carey and Westlife. Mariah Shania Carey. Carey. Shania Carey. That's Shania Twain and Mariah Carey. That should be your drag name <laughs> if you ever do drag. The best yeah. of both worlds. Um. I think the thing is, my brain is telling me it's an after eight mint, and it mm. has yeah. all the same texture, and the yeah. same, so it's telling me this is amazing. Have another one, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the flavour isn't quite white, but I'm still going to eat them. <laughs> yeah, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, what but are you taking away from this? I I do really like them. Um, I I'm I'm partial to an after eight, even though I'm not a big fan of like sweet necessarily but it's i think it's because they like i usually will have like one yeah uh, and that there's there's enough similar to the uh the to the ginger pretzels there's enough of like a flavor profile mm. to keep me interested um, and I, I don't know why i need to food to interest me <laughs> on the palate um well, but yeah why not why not? Why shouldn't food interest you? This is true. This is true. Everything yeah. you inhale, everything you, you consume should interest you. Exactly. Yeah. You should live. Yes. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I am not, um, uh, I'm not over encumbered by the addition of the, 
uh, orange flavour. I think it just, it, what it tastes like is Christmas, and it tastes like you've had an after eight and some Terry's chocolate oranges. Yeah, that's, it. that's, it's, that's it's, it. It's the Nestle Corporation muscling in on the Terry <laughs> Terry turf. Yeah. There's gonna be there's gonna be food fight style turf war in the <laughs> in the aisles this Christmas. Oh, I would absolutely love that if they had a food war style movie and Terry, Terry. the legendary <laughs> Terry. <Yeah. laughs> Terry Terry to give him his full name. Yeah. Mobbed up. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody, else is, uh, everybody else is like a cartoon, uh, like advert character, and Terry is exactly how you imagine a man called Terry to, yeah. <laughs> to look inside. An angry, bold man from York. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thrown out of the Yorvik Viking Centre. <laughs> so started his own confectionery company for picking fights with the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing oranges at the Vikings. Yeah. Um, thoughts on that then, Mike? Final thoughts I on that? You see, I am broadly pro After 8 anyway, and this just adds a little note of something. It's yeah. not it's not vastly different, I don't think, but I'm, I was happy enough, I think. That's the thing. I think it's almost not quite enough to be different. Yeah. There's something in my head telling me that that's... I think I'm just, yeah, not really quite going to go cognitive different, uh, cognitive dissonance, dissonance yeah. has kicked yeah. in, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Here's, here's an interesting question. If you're broadly um, uh, okay pro with, uh, pro after eight, yeah. as you said, um, given the choice yeah. of normal after eights or these on the shelf, which one are you going? Because I think that's the key. I think I'd go normal after eights. I mm. think. Damn yeah. Damn I'd much rather. I'd much rather have a box of normal after eights and a chocolate orange. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, I yeah. can mix and match as I want to, <laughs> rather than rather than Terry Terry forcing <laughs> the synergy on I, I me. I completely agree. I yeah, completely there you go. agree. Actually. We it, got conclusion. It, it does beg the question: Why don't they make matchmakers where half of them are mint, half of them are orange, but they're all mixed up, and you don't know which one is mint, which one is orange? Russian roulette. Yeah, would that work? There, there are products like that. Yeah, uh, Revels, for example. Well, yeah, Revels. I suppose that's the kind of core concept of Revels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they do do like uh, they do like chocolate roulettes. I always get one for Christmas every year. Really? Um, yeah, because because I'm not a, I'm, I'm not. Uh, a big chocolate guy, but I am a, like a big spicy food guy. Oh yes. So I do uh, every Christmas. I will get a chocolate roulette or yeah. a cheese roulette. I got one year, um, and they are just yeah. It's like a like a selection. Of, it's a box of chocolates or it's a cheese board, but some of them are like a million Scovilles, and you just yeah. have, to, <laughs> have to kind of dance around that. <laughs> so you need there to be a threat of pain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. If there was a Vindaloo flavoured one in here, in the just middle. one of them in there, yeah, yeah. I'd be all over it. So. <laughs> like, recreate the deer hunter over the Christmas table. Yeah. <laughs> Play the music in the background. You've been to my house at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone's got their tops off. We've got red headbands around here. Everyone's sweating. Absolutely. Every single time we throw darts at each other. Yeah. And Christopher Walken, the actual Christopher Walken, yeah, sat there in up. the corner yeah. with a party hat on. <laughs> I want to see that now. <laughs> the reindeer hunter. That's it. Oh, that, my friends, is an episode. That is the episode. <laughs> That's the episode title. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yes, definitely. definitely. The reindeer hunter. Well, um, I think we've imbibed and uh, we're nourished. Um, I feel nourished. Yeah, yeah culturally. Uh, gastronomically oh, oh we, we do need to do the scores thank you producer i am giving that seven out of ten josh i think i'm gonna stay an eight wow um, which is 
Not really any variation in um, score, but they are both high scores for me for Sweet. Uh, you did seem to enjoy those both more than any of the other usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, much. Uh, well, there's a bit of fruit in that. That's why I don't like it. That's why I don't like it. Oranges. Yeah. Too close to my food. Mike, final score. I think it's a seven for me. I, oh, I enjoyed okay. them slight, slightly more than I did the the gingerbread pretzels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seven. Absolutely fine. And then producer, your score for this one. That is a five. Five. Neither here nor there. That might, that might there. cost them. Yeah. Right. Right then. Are you going to do some tossing up? I think the producer's doing some maths. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to add together what the scores were and see what comes out on top for the early Christmas sweets. Yes, this is this is only because I'm I'm told just as a little bit of sizzle for future episodes that Ooh. we do have um, further Christmas treats. We do, we do. Um, so the the first one, which was the pretzel gingerbread things, they come out as thirty out of forty. Okay, literally three quarters. And then oh, the after eights come out as twenty seven out of forty. So not quite so high there. Okay, so get yourself some pretzels, guys. Ginger, ginger what are they called? Flex, flips, flips, flips with a Z. Gingerbread flips with a Z because they're from the nineties. From the nineties, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> They should really be called Max Extreme Flips in the 90s. And then, I, that's a nine for me. <laughs> so this little cartoon gingerbread man that's on the back here, if, if he was actually The Rock, uh, yes. then it would be a 10 out of 10, would it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it would have to be um, WWF slash E The Rock oh, okay. rather than Hollywood Free modern baby. Yes. Is there a difference as the rock changed as his stature? Yeah, yeah. His his stature has changed. I think that he he's learned a lot of of new skills since then. But yeah, no. It very much he the rock was cool, right? This is like he was sincerely cool as a boy to me. The rock, the people's elbow. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Like he was a cool guy. Okay, and then the version of him which just wears, you know, cargo shorts and runs about in the jungle in movies. Yeah, he's that's not cool. Person. Really? He's like, nah, he's not. I mean, I'm sure he is cool, but he's more cool to like my dad now. Oh, really? You know, he's okay. not really cool to uh, to us anymore. He sold out. <laughs> he sold out. <laughs> sold out after his experiences with Vince McMahon, which is impressive. <laughs> Does the Rock have children? Yes, yeah, yeah, he does. And they're they're called, called pebbles. The pebble, yeah, they've got to be. <laughs> People do say that. At the stone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we, we ought to sort of wrap this up. Uh, yeah. And just do a quick bit of admin. Oh, um, yes. First of all, Mike, where can people find you? Where, what are you doing next? Because I know you've got a fairly busy schedule as usual. So I, I on Twitter, I am at Mike underscore McCahill. Nice. Um, and on Instagram, I am at the real Mike McCahill. Oh, because there was an impersonator, which really? is a whole other story. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we need to get you back. For that. <laughs> yeah. We need to get you back for that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so that, that's where you can find me. Brilliant. Absolutely great. And you, you're, um, you've got various things coming up. I don't know where people are going to read your stuff next, but yeah, I've got something in on in Variety in the next couple of days, nice. uh, and I will be 
there's a Reader's Digest Christmas uh, edition in the shops now. Oh. My, my my happiest half hour of television of the year. So oh, that sounds fantastic. I have got something to plug. It took me an hour and 20 minutes, <laughs> yeah, but I got finally, finally got there. Fantastic. Um, uh, Josh? And I, I would just like to say that I, I would um, uh, I would highly recommend uh, the Mike McCall follow on Twitter because my, one of my highlights of uh, Twitter from uh, 2022 was um, you uh, tweeting uh, with no comment whatsoever just a screenshot from the judy dench louis theroux um uh, documentary which says uh, what is it i don't think we need to spend too much time talking about what movie uh, chronicles it? of riddick <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just just that screenshot presented with no commentary whatsoever <laughs> i thought was a hilarious tweet <laughs> which amazingly is not in the bottom 100 films of all time on yeah. imdb oh my god because uh, the the pitch, I won't get into it, but pitch black's good, and then the Chronicles of Riddick wasn't very good. Uh, okay, right, right. Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, that was the thing, is that that's why it was so funny to me, it was because I disagree with Judy Dench on that one. <gasps> uh, but no, it was, because uh, I watched it after that, and it was Louis Theroux that actually says that, isn't Yes, it? that's right. Uh, yeah. And again, disagree. Um, okay. But anyway, you can find me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of Riddick-based content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll find me on the Riddick forums <laughs> and Twitter. Um, your, your username on the forum is ridiculous or something. <laughs> yes, always Sorry. has been. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Shady the Boy. That's S H E D D Y T H E B O I. There it is. I always sing a little tune in my head when you say it. Uh, you can get hold of our long-suffering producer who puts this together for us and helps us out with the food and everything yep. uh, at the producer JWP. That's at the producer JWP. And you can get hold of me myself. Uh, just search for Pete's Tweets or you can find me at S Tweets Pete. And if you want to talk to all of us as a collective, yep. you can uh, find us at Joshin with Pete. That's Josh and Pete with no G. Zero G. Zero G in that. Um, Just like the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to finish off our pretzel flips and our after eights. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who goes for what first, but Mike is eyeing up the after eights. So I think yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a fight to the death for the pretzel flips. I think it is. I think I'm going to have to like step back and like, move away before <laughs> like a, a Tom and Jerry style altercation <laughs> starts happening on the table. That's it. <laughs> All right, um, so while we do that, um, enjoy yourselves. Uh, we're heading into the festive period now, so wrap it warm and uh, make sure you have lots of Benelin and Lemzip and things of that nature. <laughs> and then hot toddies, that's a thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, hot toddies and uh, plenty of uh, orange after eight. Yes, uh, they've got vitamin C in, so they will stave off your cold. Whoa, 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 hold on, we don't make any claims such as that. Josh is just quickly checking the box here. <laughs> Um, uh, I can't read that fast. It says no vitamins whatsoever. <laughs> Could after like... get any better? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.